the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You and I, as children of God, there may be times, there may be seasons in your life or my life where we kind of wander away from God. We get far away from Him. We're still His children. He's still our Father. We may rebel and may backslide, but we're still God's children. You know, the prodigal son, Luke 15, that prodigal son was still his father's son. The whole time that he was in a far country wasting his life, he was still the father's son. As Pastor Dan continues his teaching series through the book of 1 John, he'll be encouraging you to be deliberate in your pursuit of God. The moment you stop abiding in Jesus is the moment you begin to wither and backslide. If you've been born again and you're a child of God, then a backslidden state will grieve your spirit and you'll be convicted and eventually return to the Lord. Don't allow sin to blind you. If you've backslidden, God wants you back like the prodigal son. He'll welcome you with open arms. And now, open your Bibles to the book of 1 John chapter 3 as we join Pastor Dan for today's edition of Ring of Truth. He adopts us into his family. This is what John's talking about when he's saying, Behold, look at the manner of love that God has for us. You know, just like we were singing, once his enemies, and now we're seated at his table. We were once far away from him, dead in our trespasses and sins. And now we've been brought near, and not only brought near, now we've been made children of God. What manner of love is that? Where someone who would not only forgive someone else, but then adopt them into their family and become their father and take them as his own children. Us. You and me. People that were dead in our sins. People that were living for ourselves. People that were far away from God. You know, forgiveness is God's mercy. Adoption is God's grace. We didn't deserve it at all. You know, the Apostle Paul, he, he, he talks about um, how we've been adopted into the family of God. I'll just read this verse to you out of Romans chapter 8. Verse 15, For you did not Receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. You know, Abba is the, that's the Hebrew word that little children use for their father. It's daddy. Uh, we, we have a group going to Israel in a couple of weeks. And when you're in Jerusalem, you'll hear little school children 
walking through the streets, Abba, 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 calling to their daddy. And here and now, we used, to, we used to fear God because we were under His wrath because of our sin. And now He's our, he's our Abba. Now we have this relationship with Him where He's our Father. He's our, he's our Daddy, so to speak. There's no more fear of judgment. And go back to 1 John here and, and look again at verse 1, chapter 3. It says here, and I don't want you to miss this, it says that God has bestowed His love on us. He's bestowed His love. That word bestowed, it means to give freely or to give as a gift. God did not forgive us and adopt us into His family because we showed a lot of promise or because we were so good and so godly. No, He he bestowed it on us. He did it not because of us, but in spite of us. We were dead in our sins. We were far away from Him. We were living for ourselves. And then God just stepped into our lives, and by His grace, He revealed Himself to us, and He, and he bestowed His love upon us, just as a free gift. And in, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, it says that God has adopted us as His children according to the good pleasure of His will. That means because of just who He is. Not because of who we are, but because of who He is. Because He is a merciful, gracious God. Isn't He? Don't you know that to be true? And I love here too, if you look at the verse again, I love that it says we are called children of God. Who who calls us His children? It's God. God is the one who calls us His children. It was just like at the baptism of Jesus, remember when when Jesus came up out of the Jordan River and God the Father spoke from heaven and said, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. He called Jesus His Son. And now, God the Father, through Jesus Christ, He calls us His children. This is my son, Dan. This is my daughter, Cameron. You can put your own name in there. It doesn't just apply to me and my wife and my family. Uh, but it works for you too if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ. But God now is the one saying, these are my children. He calls us His children. Look at verse 1 again. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore... The world does not know us because it did not know him. Therefore, because we are children of God, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Your family members and your friends who are not believers, they don't get you, do they? They don't understand you. They, they, they don't understand, you know, your, your relationship with God. They don't understand your love for Jesus Christ. They don't understand why you'd get up early on a Sunday morning and go to church when you could sleep in. They don't understand why you'd go to, why you go to Bible studies during the week. They don't understand why you listen to Christian music in your car. They don't understand why you are always reading your Bible. They don't get it. 
I, I remember when I was a, a new believer and I was, you know, I was just consuming the Bible. I was reading it all the time. I always had my Bible with me. I was always reading it. And I remember one of my family members said to me, you're still reading that book? <laughs> Haven't you finished that book yet? As if it's like a John Grisham novel. You're going to read it once and put it on the shelf and you're done with it. They don't get it. They don't understand. The world doesn't know us because it doesn't know him. Now it says over in, in 1 Corinthians, I'll just read it to you. But you can jot it down, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. The, the natural man, the non-believer, who is spiritually dead, does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Paul says it's, it's foolishness to them. They don't understand it. It's foolishness. Why, why would you do that? And they, they can't understand it because it's a spiritual thing. And they're natural. They don't have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. It's amazing, you know, uh, you, you can meet a stranger who is a fellow believer and you have this instant connection with them. You can talk about the things of the Lord with them. And, and you can, even if you don't, you know, they could be from another country, there could be a language barrier there, but once you find out they're a brother and sister in Christ, man, there's this instant fellowship connection that happens there. But your family doesn't get you. To your family, you're, you're weird and you're foolish. And they don't understand it. And so we, we talked about who we were. We were dead in our sins. We were far from God. We were living for ourselves. And let's, not, let's talk about who we are. Look at verse 2. Beloved, now we are the children of God. You should circle that word now there in verse 2 or highlight it somehow in your Bible. He says, now we are the children of God. We're not trying to become the children of God. We're not hoping that on that day in the great by and by, when I stand before the Lord, He will declare I am a child of God. And I don't find out until then. I'm just hoping that on that day I'm a child of God. He says, no, now we are the children of God. The moment that you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you were born again, all of your sins were forgiven, the Bible says, and you became a child of God. You know, in John chapter 1, John chapter uh, 1, John chapter 1, verse 12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in His name. Now we are the children of God. Now we are the sons and daughters of God. And, and listen, give me your attention for a second. Our standing with God as His children, that doesn't change. It doesn't change. Just like my children's physical children, they're, they're standing with me as their father. That doesn't change. You know, this past week, my wife and kids, they went down to Virginia. 
uh, to visit some friends, and they spent a couple days down in Virginia. And even though my children were far away from me geographically, they were still my children. We'll return to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton in a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to extend a special invitation to our listeners. If you've enjoyed the messages on Ring of Truth, I'd like to personally invite you to join us this Sunday at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just five minutes from Routes 29, 95, and 100. I'd love for you to come be part of our time of worship and Bible study this weekend at 9 or 11 a.m. I always enjoy meeting listeners of Ring of Truth, so please be sure to introduce yourself to me after church. To find out more information and to get directions, visit our website at calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. That website again is calvaryec.com. We look forward to seeing you. Now, back to today's message. It doesn't change. They weren't less of my children because they left the state. It's not like when they got to the Virginia state line, I called my wife and said, hey, let the kids know I'm no longer their father. They're no longer my children until they're back in the state of Maryland. They're on their own kind of thing. You and I, as children of God, there may be times, there may be seasons in your life or my life where we kind of wander away from God. We get far away from him. But we're still his children. He's still our father. We may rebel. We may backslide. But we're still God's children. You know, the prodigal son, Luke 15, that prodigal son was still his father's son the whole time that he was in a far country wasting his life. He was still the father's son. And his father was watching for his son to return. And when the son came back home, the father celebrated. And and listen, Listen, do you remember what the father said? I know you don't, so I'll read it to you. When his, when his son returned back home, if you remember, the father ran out to greet him, uh, uh, which was inappropriate for a man to run in that culture, but the father didn't care because it was his son coming home. And the, the father, you know, hiked up his robe and started running for his son, fell upon his son and began kissing his neck and weeping on him. And listen to what the father says. Remember the son, the son wants to, wants to just go back and, and he doesn't think his father is going to accept him as a son, but he's hoping his father will accept him as a slave and let him be a slave in his father's household. His father receives him with tears. And then the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Slaves didn't wear shoes. Sandals means he's a son in the house. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it. Why was the father fattening up a calf? In the hope that his son would come back one day and he would have this calf ready. Bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. And then he says, for this my son, he was dead. And now he's alive. He's my son. He's still my son. It hasn't changed. He's still my son. And he was dead, but he's alive again. And they began to celebrate. Once, once you're his child, you're his child. Our standing as children of God, it, it doesn't change. 
Whether, whether we wander away from him or rebel against him or whether we're walking very closely with him. Once you're his child, you're his child. And he's your father. So now, now we are the children of God. That's who we are. So we looked at who we were, who we are, children of God. And then finally, who we will be. Look at verse 2 again. Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know, you know this, that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him. For we shall see Him as He is. We are not who we once were. Praise the Lord. (laughs) But we are also not who we are going to be. God's not finished with you. God's not finished with me. God is still working on us. And He is working on us to conform us into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. It has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, like Jesus. God is doing a work in each of our lives, making us more and more like Jesus. And that work will be completed on the day that you see Jesus face to face. That's when the work will be done in you. And you're going to see him one day face to face, either in death or through the rapture of the church. But when you see him on that day, we know we'll be like him. We'll be like Jesus. Now, you're not going to be, listen, you're not going to be like Jesus before that day. (laughs) We're getting closer and closer to that. God is working and conforming us more and more like Jesus, but we're we're not going to be like Him before that day because we still have our flesh and we still have indwelling sin. But when we see Him, when we see Jesus, we will be like Him in our glorified body, freed from sin. Just like the words of the old hymn, Oh, that day when freed from sinning, I shall see thy lovely face clothed in blood-washed linen. How I'll sing of thy wondrous grace. That day we'll be freed from sin. And on that day we'll be freed from our flesh and our selfishness and our bad attitudes and our grumpiness and our grouchiness and all of that junk that frustrates us so much that we hate about ourselves. Just like Paul talks about in Romans chapter 7, the things I I don't want to do, I'm doing. The things I wish I would do, I don't do. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Jesus will deliver you from that body of death on that day. Until that day, you're going to have to drag that dead body around. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, we will bear His heavenly image. I like that. We will bear his heavenly image. Psalm 17, 15 says, I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. 
I'll be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. Until then, I'm going to be a little dissatisfied or maybe a lot dissatisfied and frustrated with my behavior and my attitude and how I fall short and how I blow it and how I respond in the flesh at times instead of in the spirit. But then I'll be satisfied when I awake in his likeness, when I'm finally like him in every way. Uh, You know, Ruth Bell Graham, the wife of Billy Graham, is buried in Charlotte, North Carolina at the Billy Graham Library. And on her headstone is the inscription that says, End of construction. Thank you for your patience. Isn't that great? We're all under construction. And one day when we are with Jesus, that construction will be complete. And we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. You know, it says in uh, Galatians, I'm sorry, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. We're confident. He's begun this work in us. We're confident he's going to complete it. He's not going to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. When we stand before him face to face. And on that day, we will be like him. And look what it says at the end of verse 2. And we shall see him as he is. We shall see him as he is. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, verse 12 says, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see him face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. Paul says, you know, right now we we just get kind of this partial picture, maybe a, a blurry image of Jesus Christ, just a kind of a glimpse of him. In the Gospels. Think about that for a moment. We just get this little blurry picture. Just bits and pieces of Jesus Christ. And yet with the little bit that we can see. We're we're completely enamored with him. We're completely in love with him. We can't wait to see him. And, And we've just got this blurry image of him. Just a couple of pieces and parts of the story and, and the gospel. And then he says, though, on that day, we will see Jesus with perfect clarity. We'll see him as he is. It won't, it won't be blurry. It won't be distorted. It, it won't be just a little bit of who he is. We'll see him as he is. Now, one commentator said, what makes heaven heaven is the unhindered, unrestricted presence of our Lord. And to see him as he as he is will be the greatest experience of our eternal existence. Finally, see him in all of his fullness and all of his glory. And we'll spend all of eternity marveling at who he is. You know, we just have this little sliver, this little shadow, this little glimpse of who he is. And on that day, we'll, we'll see in all of its fullness who he is. He asked-
First John invites followers of Jesus into a consistently growing relationship with our Heavenly Father. The Christian walk isn't meant to stagnate, no matter how long you've been pursuing your relationship. There's always more to discover about your Almighty Creator, and more ways in which He can refine your heart. As you've done already today by joining Pastor Dan for Ring of Truth, we encourage you to continue spending time in the Word regularly. We also urge you to make conversation with God a regular part of your routine as well, praying and listening to what your Heavenly Father wants to say to you. And know that here at Ring of Truth, we're also praying for you. We're so glad you joined us today, and we'd like to invite you to visit us here at Calvary Chapel. If you live in the Baltimore, Washington area, come worship with us this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Calvary Chapel is located in Columbia, Maryland, only minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. For more information on what you can expect when you visit, go to calvaryec.com. Or give us a call. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. That's all for today. Join us next time for more right here on Ring of Truth. It's true.